Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Holy Motors? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. You dyed your hair pink. I dyed my hair pink. <laughs> it looks so pretty. Thank you. It's um, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while, and I was blonde for a bit, and I love the blonde, but I was like, I really want to do pink hair. It doesn't have to stay forever. You know, I don't have to keep it forever, but I felt like it was time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. The time yeah. is now. I love yeah. it. It's like a pastel-y pink, and it looks pretty cute. Looks pretty it cute. looks like it's looks like like a 1960s sort of pink, and I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. very like it's not it's like subtle, which is I think yeah. is, it's what's good about it. Like Frenchy from Greece, almost yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> when but I, I did like it, that. I was thinking the same thing. I was like beauty school dropout, <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. I like I liked her hair, and I like your hair. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. So anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I've been watching the show WandaVision uh -huh. and it's awesome. And I put it off for a while. Like Mike has been watching it and he told me, he recommended it to me and he said, it's good and I should watch it. And I was kind of like dragging my feet because though I really like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the shows that they've made have been so average and sort of predictable that I just was like, eh, I'll watch it sometime, you know, and right. And it, it's nine episodes. And the last episode aired, I think last weekend. Uh -huh. And so then I was finally like, all right, I'll watch it because then I can watch it at my own pace and I don't have to wait for anything, you know, and it's awesome. Like you can, I don't think you could watch it if you hadn't watch the movies i mean you could obviously but i think you'll you'd get more out of it if you had watched all the movies right and it's so different than any other marvel tv show i've watched and it's so creative and elizabeth olsen and paul bettany well i knew paul bettany was a great actor i've been a fan of him since a knight's tale elizabeth olsen i've really only ever seen her in like the marvel movies and i think that might be it i like off the top of my head i can't think of something else i've seen her in but they're both like their performances are phenomenal and there's a side actress and i can't remember her name but she's in a lot of comedies and she's really good too she plays i'm gonna look her up really quick is it, so Catherine, can... is it Catherine Hahn? yes yes okay yeah i like Catherine Hahn a lot and she like it's it's an amazing show and i highly recommend it to anyone who especially if you like marvel but I don't know. It's so creative. And I tip my cat to the cap, not my cat. I don't have a cat. I tip my cat to them because they found a way to do something so unique with uh, Marvel characters in a world yeah. where the land is saturated with superhero stories. I think that they really did an excellent job with this show. And anyway, so I thought I had two episodes left. So this morning before we started recording, I like made myself a little breakfast and I was drinking my coffee and I was so excited because I was going to finish WandaVision, but I had three episodes left. So now I still have to watch the last one. So I was like, ah, <laughs> I guess that's a good problem to have. But... Yeah, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Um, 
I've been watching Good Girls. That's oh, been yeah. my thing right now. Yeah. I'm on the second season. I'm already like halfway through the second season and I started watching probably on Wednesday. Tuesday, oh my Wednesday. gosh. Yeah. Jeez. I like well, so yesterday I was telling you about how I needed like something really chill. So I was watching like Cosmos because Neil deGrasse Tyson has like the coolest voice. Like he just has like the chillest voice. But I was like, I need something more exciting. <laughs> so I turned on Good Girls and it's like the entire show is so tense, but it's so fun. I was like, I wonder if I could do any of these things. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm like, rob a store? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> i could do though. it easy peasy <laughs> i would highly recommend that one it's yeah fun. yeah i like christina Hendricks. yeah she's great she's mm-hmm. great in this i love retta uh, may whitman's awesome you know uh mm-hmm. they have this guy who his name his name in the in the show is named rio and he's like not a good guy by any means but as i was watching the show i was like wow rio's kind of got it going up <laughs> it's all it's just a matter of time <laughs> oh matthew lillard is in the show too really yeah oh wow yeah. i like him because he's like quirky yeah yeah he's um he's i'm warming up to his character like at first you're kind of like fuck this guy this guy's such a loser but then as you as it goes on you're like he's he's kind of he's kind of a great guy actually you know like you're not a great guy but whatever anyway so that's yeah. my that's my recommendation does may women eat a boiled egg and squirt mayonnaise into her mouth and call it a mayonnaise, <laughs> mayonnaise? on the show <laughs> no but her name is annie <laughs> mike mike played that i've i'm i've seen like the first two seasons or like one and a half seasons of Arrested Development. But Mike reminded me of that scene and we've watched it a couple of times together because it's so gross, but so funny because Jason Bateman calls her egg. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I love that. There's a bunch of times where he calls her by the wrong name. Like, yeah, you're like a beauty pageant. And he's like, he's like, who's this? And who's this? And that you're talking about. And, and and George Michael's like, no, I'm I'm talking about Anne, my girlfriend. And he's like, no, 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 I know who Annabelle is, but who is Anne? And he's like, <laughs> like, dude, are you kidding me? You've met her so many times. Don't they leave her in Mexico as well? <laughs> yeah, they're like, poor Anne. Like Anne is like just this dull, boring character, and everyone dislikes her. And she's like not a bad person; she's just boring. Mm-hmm. But like, poor Anne gets the the shitty end of the stick every time because she's boring. <laughs> she calls it a a man egg. <laughs> I love what he says. I love when George Michael goes, "Isn't it cute?" <laughs> Michael's like, "I don't feel so good." <laughs> He's blinded by love. It's great. Uh, so how are how are you anything anything else anything new no i just have we have that mini topic today that i'm excited to tell you yes Um, did you do one or did you is it just me this week it's just you just me okay yes are you ready for the mini topic (laughs) now i'm ready okay (laughs) now that i sang so um we well i decided that i was going to do a retelling of the bodyguard because i was not happy with oh first of all i wanted to say 
So I was sick last week. So I didn't get to say this last week, but my mom had mentioned something about the bodyguard and I thought it was really relevant because we were talking about why they didn't have more of a romance in the movie. And she said, maybe the reason they didn't have more of a romance is because it was an interracial relationship. And that wasn't really like a thing in the early nineties. And that like blew my mind because in my perspective as someone who lives in 2021, I'm like, like I would never put two and two together that people feel weird about an interracial, interracial relationship because it's normal. (laughs) It's something you see all the time. Like, and, and she pointed that out and I was just like, oh shit, oh shit oh shit you know and so it kind of maybe makes more sense why they didn't go down that path but yeah when you called me and told me she said that it was like my eyes were opened and I thought oh yeah what a cowardly move like I think two like two big powerhouses of the time Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston I'm it makes me sort of angry thinking about maybe some behind the scenes conversations that this is all speculation of course, but I think it's a very good working theory, but in my imagination, I mean, a good working theory from your mom, I don't doubt that that's probably one of the reasons they didn't get together and it never occurred to me either, but I imagine conversations where it's like, we don't want to ruin Mr. Costner's career by having him in a relationship with a woman of color. And I'm not saying that that happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did something like that happened. And that's so sad. It's so sad. It is because that shouldn't be a concern. It kind of reminds me of the movie bell where if you just go forward boldly, you know, right. You know, just, just do it. And you know the movie Too Wong Fu? Obviously yeah. you do. Obviously you do because we covered it and yeah. you heard of it. But I like those actors had great careers and they yeah. put things on the line to do that movie. And I don't think their careers suffered at all. Like that was I I think that was pretty brave of them, you know, yeah. because yeah. I think that that movie could have potentially backfired a little bit too. And so it it kind of makes me angry that the bodyguard didn't do that. If that is the reason why they didn't end up together. And like I said, I think that your mom has a very good theory. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think she has a really valid point as to that. And Mm -hmm. it makes it it makes me sad because it really I think could have been an awesome film. But you know, they're you know, like it's it's like that quote, and I'm sure I'm still not sure who said it. People attribute it to Marilyn Monroe, but I don't think that she said it. But it's a rarely well or well-behaved women rarely make history. It's yeah. like break the norm, like break you know break the like tradition of not having an interracial relationship and just do something about it because that's the whole beauty of of time and of you know changing things is that you don't want to stick with something that everyone else is doing because you want to you know 
you want to make things that are going to get people to talk and get people to open their minds. And you know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, I don't know for sure if that was the reason, but to me, that seems like a pretty likely it, reason, you know? It makes sense because the reason that they did not stay together was not there. Like it wasn't explained in the movie at all. Yeah. Um, it just, Other than just him being weren't. a dick. Like, well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's the main reason, but like, there was no conversation between them. Yeah. And, and I think that that makes so much sense that the f- filmmakers or whoever, the producers, who knows, could have been like, no, no, we can't have Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston together. We want them to be successful after this movie, you know, and that's, I don't, yeah. I don't doubt it. <laughs> With all, yeah. like, when things come to light about conversations and things that have happened, especially with, like, the Harry and Meghan interview that happened, yeah. like, racial things that come to light, like, it makes me less, less inclined to believe that, <laughs> like, people in power can, are good, <laughs> you know, and that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally, <laughs> yeah, I totally identify with that. Like, it's, it makes you wonder, like, how many corrupt people that have that power are out there. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of studies that say that people who are, you know, like CEOs and politicians have the same psychopathic tendencies that serial killers do and or like, think the same way. And that's scary. That's really scary. Yeah. You know, there's a whole group of people out there who are not empathizing with the majority of the population and making all the decisions for us. And that's not right. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. So go Leslie for thinking of that because that yes. never crossed my mind, but that's right. It's a good theory. It is. It's a very good theory. So okay. So you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. You're recasting okay, the bodyguard. So I, I did retelling of the bodyguard. So for consistency's sake, I decided to keep the names of the characters, even though if it was remade, I wouldn't because um, I think that you can have a lot of better names out there. Like I was thinking that the guy could be named like Tom Caro or something kind of like adventurous, but like sexy, <laughs> you know, like not Frank Farmer. That's not a sexy name. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I mean, I farmer. Like farmer is like a dowdy last name, but yeah. I don't think Frank is bad. I like Frank. Anyway, um, so <laughs> so for Rachel, I decided to. I was actually kind of going back and forth between Tessa Thompson or Gugu Mbatha-Ra, but I thought that Gugu Mbatha-Ra would be better because I think she plays more vulnerable characters. Yeah, well, she, and she did that role kind of in uh, Beyond the Lights. Anyway. Yeah. 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 And I listened to her sing because I was like, this person has to actually be able to sing. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay. And she has a great voice. Um, so, and Frank, and there was no one else that could have played this character in my mind. Chris Pine, I think would be a perfect Yes. Voice. Right? Oh yes. You can totally see that. Big right? time. Yes. <laughs> right. Perfect. He's perfect for the role. I know. <laughs> it was like there was like no question. Like I was that was the first one that I cast. And yeah. I was like, I can't, you know, no one else. Yeah. He's so darn charming that you could give him a pile of garbage, aka that George Hodel show we watched, and he'd still make it. 
I know. Decent. I don't even remember the name of that show. That's how much I, I am the night. <laughs> I am the night. Oh gosh. Yeah. Anyway, because every couple months I get really pissed off about it, and I have some angry shower discussions with myself. <laughs> oh, that show is all I. <laughs> Anyway, good choice. I like girl, you are preaching to the choir. Um, so I love when movies make references to the original. So I thought that Frank's dad, played by Kevin Costner, would be perfect. Oh, yeah, right, oh, right. Yeah, so he, yeah. he took on the family business. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be the original character. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, it would just sense. be like a reference to him. Right. Okay. I get um, it. So I didn't want to do a sister. Instead, I decided to do a brother that's going to be her composer. And his name is Nick because Nicky, Nick, mm. it works. That scene um, where Nick Nick seduces Frank is going to be totally different <laughs> now. It's going to be way different. <laughs> Am I sensing some tension between Frank and Nick? Do I no. want Frank and Nick to hook up instead of Frank and Rachel? Okay. Anyway, he's her composer. No, I didn't actually include that in the. In yeah, because that's. But... I mean, that's like the in the movie in the bodyguard uh, that could have been done away with. Like, why would yeah, the sister it... want to go after him anyway? Yeah, I so... felt like that. That was totally like it was a weak plot line. There, yeah, like it was just yeah. included in there for like shits and gigs. Like no one was really thinking about it. Um. So I'm gonna use uh Andre Holland. I don't know who that is. Um. Let me show you. I guess I could just look it up myself. Oh, here. I made a picture that is um, if they ever made a biopic for Marvin Gaye, I think that he'd be good as Marvin Gaye. So I send it, I'm sending it to you right now. Jeez, but I don't, don't, I don't know who he is. I don't recognize him. He was in um, Castle Rock and moonlight oh geez yeah i've never seen either of those i think he is so handsome like he plays this character named henry deaver in castle rock and i was like in love with henry deaver i was just like i was like who is this actor he's so handsome <laughs> you know so i was like i was like in love him and like anytime he'd like show on the screen i'd be like oh henry deeper <laughs> <laughs> yeah he is handsome yeah that's a good choice and he yeah thank you thank mm -hmm. you so then i wanted um i decided to instead of have bill devaney it would be her mom and she'd be like a momager <laughs> and i thought that gina torres would be really good for that gina torres i had to look her up as well She's in Firefly. She played Zoe. Did you ever watch Firefly? Uh, I did once on an awkward date. I think oh. I told you about that. <laughs> an awkward date. <clears throat> I vaguely recognize her, I think. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I can see her being like a tough as nails. Oh, manager. yeah. Big time. Big She's time. married to Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, she was married. Sorry. Never mind. Yeah, so she's a little she's a little young for these um actors. So I figure maybe well anyway, you know, I'm gonna get into it actually as I tell you the story. So then Cy, the PR guy, would be Billy Porter, which you might have to look him up to. <laughs> 
I used to think I knew a thing or two about Hollywood. <laughs> oh, Billy Porter. I know who that is. I didn't know his name, but I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought you may recognize him. And then the stalker, and you might need to look him up too, is Caleb Landry Jones. He was in he was in Get Out, and I thought he Oh they, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, from Get Out. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, like the entire time I was watching Get Out, I was like Man, if they decided to cast a different Joker who's not Jared Leto, and um, I was like, I think Caleb Landry Jones would do an amazing job as Joker because he's like, he's so intense and he's so creepy, you know? Yeah, he has a very unique look. Yeah, I think he'd be really great as the stalker. Yes. Yeah. So the uh, director, once again, will be Alfonso Cuaron because he's like one of my faves. And I think he would do the whole, like, Alfonso Cuaron has a great way of having this sort of, like, romantic, almost, like, bordering on, like, erotic type of, like, way to show his stories, you know? And I think he'd be really good with something, like, more emotional, too. So I chose him. It's perfect, right? I know. Thanks. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So... Let's start the story, shall we? Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So Rachel finds a creepy, threatening letter in one of the rooms that she has that she uses for show. Um, and she knows about this because that was stupid that she didn't know in the movie. And she decides to hire a, a bodyguard. So she hires Frank. Oh, and her mom. Who wouldn't, right? I know, like, right? Totally. And her Chris mom's Pine is looking for a job. <laughs> Right? I would let Chris Pine be my bodyguard. Hell yeah. <laughs> and more. Now, <laughs> oh. Oh. Did I say that out loud? My goodness. I totally did that. Blur- blurring the lines between a professional job and uh, business and pleasure, I guess. Oh, no. Whatever will we do? Um, so I also named the mom Danae because I wanted it to be like Devaney, like close to that. So I figured it was kind of, yeah. Um. So uh, Rachel's insisting on being able to live her life, but also making sure that she's safe and she's not going to be like a, you know, like a butthead about it either. And she has undeniable chemistry with Frank. So one scene, Danae, the mom, is talking to Frank and she reveals that the children's father died when they were very young. And so she had to raise them on her own. And he also mentions that her his mother had passed away so they kind of had this like empathetic moment between them that establishes trust you know which is like more would have like what i would like to see you know and especially like if your mom likes a guy that you're into like that's it it's good you know what i mean like it's you know what i mean you want your parents to like the guy you're dating well they're not dating yet but anyway so um Frank and Rachel have a moment with some uh, non-consensual crowd surfing. <laughs> and he rescues Classic, her. classic scene from the movie. Classic. Yeah. Right. He takes her into the limo and she has a very vulnerable moment where she tells him how frightened she was. And she curls up to him in a platonic way. But he has a look on his face like he's fighting some serious feels. Like, so, oh, I got a boner. <laughs> so she's one night she's feeling antsy and she wants to go out. So her, Frank, and Nick all go on. They're drinking and they're having fun. And, and Nick gets a phone call and he leaves. 
And so it's just Frank and Rachel, and they're uh, and it's kind of awkward between them at first. Classic setup. They plan that beforehand, <laughs> right? I don't buy it for a second. It's <laughs> a phone call. Danae probably like pulled him aside, and she's like, "Nick, I want you to do something for me, sweetie." And she's like, "All right, mom, whatever you need." So, um, so it's awkward between them at first, but they're laughing and talking, and before they know it, the sun has risen, and they've been talking all night. They did not have sex. Okay, so let's just establish that they didn't have sex and have a samurai sword for foreplay <laughs> no they didn't have a samurai you're really turning turning the movie on its head i am he didn't ruin one of her scarves <laughs> and he didn't like get all weird and fucking that's why they didn't after. have sex because he didn't show her how sharp the samurai sword was <laughs> yeah she was like oh wow that samurai sword is so sharp that's such a weird turn on <laughs> <laughs> that was an hermes scarf they cost fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> right? i can't stay mad at you let's do it <laughs> let's have sex okay so um more letters start coming from the stalker and they're getting scarier and she's starting to get calls and one night the stalker breaks in uh, Frank flips out and he takes Rachel, Nick, and Danae to a secluded cabin owned by his dad. And Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> right. So um, they like his dad and him have a very like easygoing and healthy relationship. Like it's clear that there's a lot of love between them, you know. And one night Rachel can't sleep. And so she heads down to the kitchen and she accidentally startles Frank and they share a moment. You know what I mean? Oh, a sexual moment? Um, no, no, like, oh. um, like almost a kiss, but it's like, oh, interrupted okay. by the dog or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like one of those where you're like, oh my God, they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. And they would have done it like, too, oh! if not for that meddling dog. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And you get so mad because you're like, I just wanted to say a kiss. I'm trying to <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So in the morning, there's evidence of footprints that are in the freshly fallen sl- snow and Frank takes off with the family again. Because Rachel's feeling very unsafe. And he takes she decides, off? What? Like he takes them somewhere else? Yeah, he takes them. Some, well, he goes back home because now they're like, okay, so we're not safe anywhere because sure. this guy knows where we are. Yeah. So um, she decides not to attend the Oscars. And I wrote this. I wrote this. She decides not to attend the Oscars because she isn't fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, but her brother doesn't get killed or anything. No, no. Her brother doesn't get killed. Her brother isn't like... He's not a bad guy. He doesn't want like anyone to kill her. It's it's it has nothing to do with there being like a bounty on her head or whatever. Or not a bounty, but like Okay, um, so the stalker isn't like hell bent on killing her. Like he wouldn't kill a brother in like to get to her or anything. Yeah, he's like okay. he literally like he just wants to get close to her, probably to kidnap Got it. her. Got it. Right. But that makes very, sense. Right, right. None so of she that, doesn't like, go to the Oscars because she's right, not she doesn't stupid. go to the Oscars because she isn't fucking stupid. And um, so they start working with the police or probably the FBI. And um, they're using her as bait because now they feel like the only way that they can catch this guy who has now been revealed as elusive and brilliant. So um, he breaks in again one night and she ends up incapacitating the stalker and he shoots Frank, but Frank shoots him back and then the screen goes to black. Firefight. You're like, what happened? Oh my God. (laughs) If she ends up incapacitating the stalker, it sounds like Frank is unnecessary. 
Well, okay. I'm so just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you get you get what I mean. Yeah. Though. Like, yes. you get what I mean. Okay. Yeah, I get because it. She I, fights I, back. She's not like a victim. She fights right, back. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I hate that. I hate that when it's like, oh, I'm a helpless female and I need yeah. a man to save me. Like, you know what? Women are fucking awesome. So shut up. Okay. Not you, but you get me. <laughs> so, okay. So the screen goes to black. And now you see them parting ways. It's been a couple months and Rachel's leaving the country for a while. And Frank decides to step down because now he's like, I'm not really sure if being a bodyguard's the path for me. I almost got killed, you know, whatever. And as she's leaving in a car for the airport, she has them stop the car and she runs up and kisses Frank in a deeply passionate, but ultimately bittersweet kiss. The end. So why don't they end up together? I think it's just a matter of they just live two different lives and they, cause they're never like together. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're never together. So hmm. what do you but, think? I mean, I really liked it until the ending. It's just as disappointing <laughs> as the bodyguard, but I think it's much more creative than the original. Thank I think you. It's, yeah. I mean, you cut out, you trimmed the fat basically. Yeah, yeah. And you made it more of a believable movie and you made Frank seem more like a human being instead of a robot. Yep. And you made them seem emotional towards each other, like obvious chemistry and it's good casting. So I think you did a good job. I like Thank it. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I know you wanted them to be together, but it's not think- that it's just that there's no reason why they're not just like, like he quit his job, so they're not actually living two different lives anymore. He could be with her. Yeah, but they they were never together, so they don't they're not like you know, there's like they might pursue something later, but at the moment she needs to go and she needs to heal from her own trauma. You know? Yeah, I guess if there was some sort of like exposition. Yeah. Yeah, that explains. I mean, that. she's been through a lot. She's been through someone stalking her. I can understand that, you know, getting into a new relationship with which can cause like anxiety and stuff like that would be maybe a little bit difficult after you've almost been killed by someone or star kidnapped or whatever, you know. So, yeah, I think it's better than the original for sure. Thanks. Good. You did a good job. Thank you did you. good. You did Thanks. good. Yeah, I was really proud of my casting. I can picture it. It's a good, it's good. And Chris Pine is perfect. I know. He's amazing. So are you ready to talk about the movie? I am. Are you, are you ready to hear my story? Unless do you want to tell me what you thought of the movie first? Or do you want to hear my story about Um, the movie? I think I want to hear your story first, but first we should tell everyone that. So so Sam was like, I have a story to tell you and it's killing me. I really want to tell you this. I really want to tell you it. And I was like, don't, don't do it because we have the rule. And the rule is you can't talk about the movie. Before oh, I wasn't going to tell you. I was not telling you off. off I know, I know, I know. Recording. But you were like, <laughs> you I just want- said, I really want to tell you, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, but you really wanted to. Yeah. So we, then we had to wait a week because I got a little sick and, um, and so she was like, <laughs> I really want to tell you. So this now, is something, the gravity of this is, and I know it, is going to be more intense for me. Okay. It blew my mind and it shocked me in a way. And 
that I don't think I can properly convey. So if you hear the story and you're like, oh, okay, and you're not like shook, that's okay. okay. Because I'm, I was shook enough <laughs> that I know that the, the response is going to be so, um, it was so internal for me that I don't expect other people to feel the same, like what that I felt because I know what the emotions were. So here's my, so, okay. So tell me. <laughs> this movie, Holy Motors, was a recommendation from Ken. Mm -hmm. Thank Ken, Ken recommended it to us and I had never heard of it. And when he recommended it, I briefly looked up, I, I like Googled it and I saw the cover and I thought like, oh, this is going to be kind of a, like, it looks like a bonkers sort of like futuristic movie that might be interesting. And like, my first thought was like, what went through my head was like Metropolis or something. Like, that's what the cover sort of reminded me of the picture that I saw. And so I was like building this movie in my mind of like, maybe it's going to be like Brazil or Metropolis or whatever, you know, like that sort of movie and i didn't look up anything else about it because he he recommended it like maybe two months ago maybe longer i don't it was a while ago yeah and we told him we'd do it in march so this is for you ken yep and uh thank you for recommending it yes so in 2008 i went to see a movie there's a cool art house cinema in uh grand rapids where we live called the uica and I went to the UICA to see a movie called Tokyo with some friends. And uh -huh. Tokyo is a movie that consists of three short films. One by, uh, whoops, hang on. One by Bong Joon-ho, one by Michelle Gondry, and one by Leo Carax. Okay. I don't know how to say his name. That's, I'm going with that. Um, so I apologize to anyone out there who's, uh, if I'm pronouncing It's probably Kara because it's French. Okay, Kara. We'll go with that. Yeah. And as you know, as I've said before, I'm a fan of Michelle Gondry, so I was very excited to see it. And the UICA is nice because it plays movies that don't come out in regular theaters, you know. Anyway, so I went and saw it. And the middle movie, like I said, it's three, it was three short films. And the middle film made me so uncomfortable and Wait, so Wait, I think anxious. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Do you want to finish? I think I know what you're going to say. Are you going to tell me that the oh, guy... Oh, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> what, can I guess, though? To see if I'm right? I guess. Okay. The guy that had the really gross nails and stuff in the graveyard was in that movie. I guess I don't have to finish my story. <laughs> Are you disappointed? Yeah, because I was gonna tell you this whole. St I'm still gonna tell it. I don't care. Okay, anyway, okay, so the middle of the mo the middle movie like made me so anxious and so uncomfortable, and I've almost brought it up many, many, many times on the podcast to talk about how much I hated it and how uncomfortable it made me so uncomfortable. I'm not being hyperbolic. I con contemplated going to the bathroom until it ended. I hated it so much, and I. After the movie was done, I went to the I went to a restaurant with the friends that I saw it with, and Phil, one of my friends that was there, said, "What would you think about the middle movie?" And I said, "I know that there are film people out there who probably think it's the most brilliant piece of cinema ever made, and that pisses me off because I hated it so much." And 
I never like I was not interested in ever rewatching that movie because I hated the middle part so much. It made me so uncomfortable. And I can't even convey the emotions that I was feeling it when I watched it. And then I was looking through your I I tend to avoid some of your posts because it like I don't want I don't want the pictures to like totally ruin the movie for me. Right. But I saw one of your posts on Instagram and it was a photo of that guy. So the middle movie is called Mared and it's about the guy, one of his characters in Holy Motors, who has like ugly nails and like long hair and he like just kind of like wanders around like freaking me. He lives in the sewers. And anyway, it's been a long time since I've seen Tokyo. Like I said, I, I don't I, I didn't ever want to rewatch it. And I saw a picture of that guy on your post. Yeah. And my heart and I well, for a second I was like, I know that guy. Who is that guy? And then it oh. all came back to me. And if Ken, if you hadn't suggested Holy Motors, I would have told Lauren that I didn't want to do it. Like I was all of a sudden so nervous about doing the movie and I like lost all interest in doing it I and if it hadn't been a recommendation I would have not done it I would have told her that I wasn't watching it because I hated Mared so much and I hated that character so much and so it like put up Paul over the movie a little bit for me because I was like what is this movie now is this going to be two hours of this guy oh my god and I was just like scared about it almost and it blew my mind that he made another movie not only did he make another movie with this character but now I have to watch it (laughs) and I you know like it was all these things so anyway I told myself like you're older now you know what to expect just watch it keep an open mind so I decided to keep an open mind and I watched it and that being said, almost from the very beginning, I hated this movie with a burning passion. And I can't, uh, there's maybe one moment that I kind of liked it. One very, very small moment. And I, I hate, I hate this movie. And it's not because it has that guy, because his part in this movie, that character from Mared in this movie was very small. Like, and it didn't make me as uncomfortable. It made me a little uncomfortable, but not, I didn't feel the emotions that I felt the first time I saw his character. So that was good. And that's like such a small part of the movie that it's not why I hate the movie because he, you know, like he's not even in it for like the first 30 minutes or whatever. So I just, from minute one, I hate this movie. I hate it. <laughs> and I'm really sorry, Ken. I want to like, I, I, I'm, la- I'm glad we get to discuss it. And I don't want to disappoint the listener, the recommendations, but I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can understand why you do. So what'd you think of it? Well, I didn't hate it as much as you did. <laughs> Would I ever watch it again? No, definitely not. There were certain parts that I liked more than others, but overall, (laughs) I honestly, you know, like, okay, so I was trying to figure out how I felt about this movie from last night till now. Like, just like, I'm like, did I like it or did I not? And I'm like, you know, I, I would say overall, like if you were going to put it on like a scale it's going to lean more towards not liking it, but I did not hate it. 
Um, I also tend to like kind of weirder and creepier things than you do. So there's that as well. But um, it was definitely one, probably if not the weirdest, then one of the weirdest movies I have ever seen. It was so bizarre and out there. And I was like trying to figure out what the fuck was going on the entire movie. And I kind of have like a little bit of a theory and I was looking it up on Reddit and all these people were like, and like all these people were like praising this film and how great it is. And I was kind of like, I mean, I guess, but I don't know if I would say it's great. I think it, there's a lot of things that were very confusing about it that, um, you know, maybe it doesn't need to be explained, but it was enough where I was like, what am I watching in this scene? You know? Yeah. And that's one of the, that's the, one of the major problems I had when watching the movie is that I could tell that there's just going to be a crowd of syncophants who, because something made them feel uncomfortable and they didn't know what was going on, they attribute that to some sort of brilliant movie and they can like so easily look down on other people and be like, well, you just didn't get it. And it seems more like lazy filmmaking to me than anything genius or brilliant. And I had, I watched this movie with Mike. And so I had this discussion with him and it's, I understand that there's something called personal taste. And I use this example when I talked to him, like I thought the movie bird box was garbage, but I know why people like it. And I respect that there are people in the world who like bird box because it's, it's, you know, it's a movie they like. I don't like it. My uh, my object is not to be insulting to people who like it. I just feel like when I watch a movie like this, it feels insulting because I feel like I'm always looking for what the point is. And when I can't find it, it makes me feel stupid. And mm-hmm. I and then when I hear people say like, oh, but it's so brilliant, I think, am I stupid or are you lying to me? Right. You know, yeah. So I'm sorry. Keep going. No, you're, I think you're spot on with that where it's like uh, people are saying that it's, it's such a brilliant film, but I'm like, but where, where's the brilliance in this? It's nothing's explained. Nothing is ever really delved into. There's all these scenes where like this guy fucking gets killed and just walks away unscarred. And I'm like, so like and then the director is adding this kind of like digital aspect to it where you know you're seeing this world in like infrared or you're seeing it like all like uh what is that like digital art or whatever glitchy you know yeah um so my theory or thought at first was kind of like is this maybe like a video game and that's why you survive but there's no explanation about that and it's like it's it's just bizarre and it's like he has these appointments and he's working for this thing called the agency so I'm like are people hiring him to be like hey I need you to be this ultra super creepy dude and kidnap me and like you know tear apart my what I'm assuming is a very expensive dress you know (laughs) like it's just it's and it didn't, that scene had a lot of bad things for me. Like, I didn't like 
that he covered her up and covered her face up and i thought that was almost like offensive yeah i was kind of i didn't care for that whatever message yeah whatever message they were sending i thought that that was not something that i cared to see like cover up your chest cover up your face and that seems very um oppressive to me and she was like catatonic and that really bothered me as well that she just like was subservient to him yeah like he picked her up and like ran away with her and she just was like it was like she was a a dead body like she wasn't yeah she was taller than him Mm -hmm. like she could have probably you know i mean obviously he established that he was a scary guy by biting off the fingers of that girl which i don't think is totally possible i don't know no i don't think you could bite through the bone there was a girl that i worked with at the theater and she drove me nuts because she was like she was walking around telling everybody that she's like you know my science teacher said that you can bite through your pinky because your pinky is like the size of a carrot, but because you feel pain, your body won't let you. And I said, well, if your finger was as weak as a carrot, then you would be like wobbling all over. You can't bite through it just because it's the size of a carrot. Your bone is stronger than a carrot. (laughs) So yeah, I, I agree. Like, can he bite through somebody's finger? I don't think so. Right. Right. And I mean, it was just like, it was just so bizarre. Like, it, you know, he's like putting in this like milky like contact. So it looks like he's blind in one eye and then wandering around and like eating all these, um, these flowers. And my, one of the first things in my mind was what if some of these flowers are poisonous, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I guess. guess. I mean, he's such a weird creature that I, I don't know. Right. But it seems like death doesn't affect him. So, and that's something else that I was confused by because you, you said it earlier. Like, are people hiring him? Is everyone in this little story? In each little story where he changes costumes, is everyone else hired? Do they know that this is being filmed? Is this being filmed? What's going on? There's no explanation. And like, is this my one of my theories? And it doesn't fully make sense. So it's obvious. One of my theories is that these were all like people with fetishes. Like Ava Mendez had some sort of weird fetish to be kidnapped by a crazed guy and to make her do a model runway walk in a sewer with one shoe and then to sing him to sleep as he lays there naked. Like I thought that. By the way. Oh, did he? Erection. Because the we I watched it on that Pluto TV app and his crotch was like blurred out. Oh no, he had an erection. Big Did time. you watch it on Pluto TV? No, um, I was able to watch it on Amazon with a trial for Pluto oh, TV or okay. not Pluto TV for um Shout TV. So as long as I cancel the, because I I was able to watch it for free. Okay, well yeah. it, on Pluto you TV said there were commercials and I was like no. <laughs> well, and so like. But then later he's in the car with like a little girl. And so that doesn't seem very fetishy, you know, other things like that. And, and then you find out at the end that like a lot of people apparently have this job because all those limos that were driving into the garage. Yeah. And, and I read the Wikipedia page and it sounded like, like the director said something like 
he got the idea for the movie thinking about machinery that was being outmoded like limousines are like an outdated technology and and you know things like that and that's not that doesn't that doesn't solve the movie it doesn't even like it just it doesn't come close I do want to clarify I'm just not a fan of experimental cinema number one and so I, I like I said my intention is not to insult anybody but I'm just I'm being I have to be honest with my emotions because we have a podcast for this very reason. Yeah, so yeah. If well, you love no, this I... movie, I don't think less of you. <laughs> I just <laughs> hate, I hate this movie and I hate the, what I feel is the attitude behind a movie like this really right. bothers me. Yeah, no. So yeah, he had a raging erection in that scene. Um, but to be a honest, erection. Yeah. A what? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I have to say the scene that actually made me the most uncomfortable was when he was in the car with the the girl. Yeah, that was a weird one. That's the one. Yeah. That's actually funny because that's like, that contains the moment that I actually kind of liked. So really? Yeah. I, um, he like (sighs) the scene with Ava Mendez, I mean, it was definitely weird and disturbing, but it didn't bother me, I think, as much as it bothered you, you know? Um, I wouldn't say I loved it. Again, I don't want to watch it again, but it wasn't like, it, it just, I guess it just didn't bother me as much. Um, but the scene with the little girl, when he got so angry at her for like lying about the fact that she was like too nervous to like dance with people, I thought was like a weird crazy overreaction and I was worried that he was gonna like hit her or something so like that whole scene I was like super tense in and I actually hated that one the most that was the one that made me the most uncomfortable because I thought he was like his reaction was so over the top and I didn't know what kind of person he was and it was like if this is how you react to everything that your teenage daughter is going to do. You're going to have a hard couple of years because teenage girls are not easy. You know, like they're, they're hormonal and we're going through all these different emotions and it's, and like we're suddenly sprouting hair that we didn't have before and getting boobs. And like, it's just like, everything's weird. So I, I think that that scene, I was like totally on edge the entire time. Yeah. Why yeah. did you like it? Um, it was just a, a few moments. I did not care for when he like pulled her to him and was like driving like with his arm over her shoulder. Yeah. I didn't care that he was like weirdly angry that she was texting boys or dancing with boys. I thought that was really a weird reaction, but I actually enjoyed how upset he got that she that her confidence was so low. Like I I liked that he was like mad at her for not being cooler because it seemed to me that he like saw her in a way she didn't see herself. And he was like, these fears are unfounded. Right. Why can't you be more easygoing? You're not ugly, you know? And I actually kind of liked that the second part of their car ride I liked. Right. And, and so, but I didn't care for that girl's performance. I didn't like the way she talked. Um, yeah, she was kind of boring. Like she, yeah, I, I just didn't, yeah yeah no i get it she was like i don't know there wasn't anything particularly memorable about her you know like i was just kind of like okay um and i don't know i 
you know what though this movie made me want a cigarette so bad <laughs> that's funny because mike said he he thought that he liked that aspect too of like all the smoking and mike said like oh you're gonna read a file better light a cigarette and i thought it, <laughs> it was a cool aspect too it really like did a good job setting the tone of the movie and right you know you always look like so much more cool and relaxed when you're smoking a cigarette and, right yeah <laughs> um yeah so i mean it's just such a it's just such an odd film but i want to talk about the um motion capture scene because that was very strange very strange so the whole like so this guy is like super fit like running around able to like jump and like backflip and all that shit but then what the fuck with that woman that came in who's like made of liquid or something yeah she was like a contortionist yeah and then they started like having this weird almost like like a simulated sex scene where he's like going down on her and i didn't i didn't hate that scene by the way i just thought it was very strange and also her actually her like moans or gasps were kind of this like like kind of freaked me out a little bit they made me her breathing and her noises made me so uncomfortable yeah yeah it was like she was like <gasps> or something like no was, that's like, even like if she was doing that it wouldn't have made me uncomfortable she was like dying yeah of, like running out of oxygen yeah yeah it yeah. was it was very weird and um and then they kind of show like what they were capturing or whatever or what they were showing and that was just i don't know what did you think of that scene i didn't like it <laughs> um <laughs> I thought it was just a way to like make a sex scene more uncomfortable and I like her breathing like I think it could have been kind of a beautiful like unique way to show sex without having it be rated like NC-17 because he was like they were it was very graphic except they were all fully they were fully clothed you know right. and and I thought that could it could have been created creative and sensual, but her breathing was so gross. Oh yeah, yeah. And then when we got to see her snake monster with giant ass cheeks, because she's the female <laughs> snake monster, and this is these are her giant hips. Like that, I didn't. It was ruined for me. I didn't care for it. And it well, was just another like so fake too. It, it's another example to me of just like how bonkers and uncomfortable can I make this? you know right. right and that's what that's it just like turns the dial too much in the direction of i just want to make people uncomfortable instead of i'm making like a meaningful piece of cinema right. and that's my opinion and that's how i feel and that scene was just another example of that yeah the breathing was very um you're right it did sound like she was like in like a plastic bag was over her head or something and she was making these like sharp like inhaling noises and it was like raspy and weird and it was just so it was so weird it was yeah so it it kind of seemed i don't know i just i didn't care for it but i think the slithery way they moved around each other and I feel like adding her breathing like that was a way for that way for the filmmaker to be like, I don't want people to enjoy this scene because it right. is a scene that 
like I said, could be very sensual. Right, so let yeah, me totally. ruin it for them. And that's that's what I felt about most of the movie. I don't yeah. want people to enjoy this movie. Let me ruin it for them. Right. And, and so that is the prevailing emotion that I had throughout most of the movie. And like the scene with Kylie Minogue, I didn't understand what was happening. They had some, some sort of history, but then she broke into some stupid song. And then at the end of the movie or at the end of the scene, she has jumped off the building and her brains are all over the sidewalk and he screams and runs into the car. And I thought, is she really dead? Is she not dead? Yeah. Because if she was really dead, you maybe should call the authorities. And that scene is left a little bit ambiguous because it's not one of his jobs because prior to that scene, he said, this next job will be my last job of the night. And so while that scene was going on, I thought, is this, this must be his last job. But then it wasn't, it was an interlude. Just like she said, do you have 20 minutes? I have 20 minutes. So it seemed like that was real life, but she was dead on this. And so it's another thing, like, here's a scene that could, if done better, could explain some of what the movie was about, like, could give me enough of an explanation to get on board with the movie. Like, you don't have to tell me everything, just give me something but instead the scene ended with brains all over the sidewalk and the guy having just this like guttural response and then escaping the scene. And so there was no reconciliation in any, in any of it. Well, I mean, she does say like, he's like, are those your real eyes? And she says, no, they're Ava's and Mm -hmm. this is her last night or something. So So does that mean she's not really dead? Yeah, so I don't know that either. And it's weird too because you see him again multiple times get like he gets shot a bunch of times. That he like would have not survived that. He walks away, no scars, no nothing, no wounds. He gets stabbed in the fucking jugular and he was clearly dying. Like he was bleeding out and he just like walked away and everything was fine. So I'm like, and also, so in that warehouse scene, when he is going to find that guy that like looks like him and he kills the guy and he shaves his head and everything. I I did. I didn't understand. Like, is he trying to like have them think that, that he's him or like, but what doesn't make sense was that you clearly (laughs) see him change the guy's shoes. Like he put his own tennis shoes on the guy and then when he's leaving after he's been stabbed, he's wearing the shoes. So is it the other guy escaping? Did the original guy die in there? I as don't well? think so because um, he had the scar that he took off his face. Remember the makeup scar? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering that too, and I actually wrote that down. Actually, I have some notes here. I have copious notes. Um, Oh, I want to, <laughs> I wanted to tell you something I forgot. So when I posted on the Instagram that I was sick and that we were going to delay um, by a week, my, my parents were on vacation. So I didn't bother them. Cause I was like, I wasn't like horribly sick, but I was enough where I needed like a break, you know? Um, and I figured it wasn't that big of a deal, but they called me up and they were like, my baby, are you okay? <laughs> oh, and like my dad called me, like my mom called me and they're like, are you okay? We, and 
they always think that it's you posting on Instagram because I refer to myself in third person, but I'm like trying to explain that it's me that's sick. You know what I mean? So they're like, we saw that Sam posted on Instagram. I'm like, first of all, it's always me. <laughs> if I'm just referring to myself in third person. They were like, are you okay? Are you sure that you're okay? Are you feeling sick? What's going on? And all this stuff. And I was like, oh, oh that's really sweet. I know. They were like, don't, they they were like, I'm like, well, you guys are on vacation, so I don't want to bother you. And they were like, they're like, Lauren, we don't want to find on social media that you're sick. You oh my gosh. <laughs> so, That's so cute. I know. That's so nice. It was sweet. Oh, it was cute. Um, okay. So let me see. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get like, I just don't understand I just don't understand this movie. <laughs> you know? Like I'm trying, I'm trying to comprehend it. And I totally get what you mean when you said earlier, like it makes you feel stupid when you don't understand it. And the thing is like, I don't think either of us are stupid. I think it's just a bizarre movie with someone who like, I was reading an interview with a guy, Louis Cara uh, or whatever. And he was like, seemed very um kind of like I don't I guess like snobby is kind of the right word like very like shy but snobby like he was like I don't have to explain my art and it's like well but no one understands what this is except for all the people who are praising this movie for I like again I didn't hate it but I don't want to watch it again I don't want it part of my collection I don't want it you know like if I see this actor in anything else, there's a real chance that I'll avoid it <laughs> because I'm going to think that he's going to be another weird shit too. So it, it's, I think that there is definitely like some scenes like the, uh, the accordion scene I thought was really fun. And um, when they're walking through that church and I was actually kind of like dancing like to the music a little bit, but it, it's just like, it, 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 I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say about this movie. Cause I think I just, I just don't know, you know, like I said, I watched it with Mike and I asked Mike if he wanted to be on because he, we talked about it a little bit and he was like, no, <laughs> he didn't like the movie <laughs> either, but he brought up a good point. So there's a movie called Slacker by Richard Linklater. It's it's interesting to think about parallels between these two movies, and I I you haven't seen that movie, have you? No. What's it called again? It's called Slacker. No, I haven't seen it. Okay, it's a movie like Mike watched it, and he recommended it to me, and I really enjoyed it. But similar to Holy Motors, it's a very long narrative with not really any main central plot or focus. Like basically, like the over general description of the movie slacker is it's a day in austin texas or like the suburbs of austin texas and you follow a character around for a little while and you see something that happens to him and then he sort of passes the baton to another character and then you follow those characters for a little bit and then somebody passes that baton like so, so there's no one person that goes through the whole movie but like one person will give the reins to another person. And, and it's really interesting and neat because it's like, as I'm sitting here in my apartment, as we're recording this podcast, millions of lives are happening around us at any given time. Right. And people are going through awesome things, terrible things, boring things, exciting things. 
just life is happening at every second, every right. day. And Slacker is a, a very long, like, string of consciousness almost just following a city, just exploring a city for a day. And it's really good and it's really interesting, but it is sort of directionless. And Holy Motors is this long narrative that seems very directionless, but they're so different because I'm sitting in my apartment and I can imagine the things that happened in Slack are happening because they were real people. And I understand the narrative that much to be able to enjoy it and to be like, oh yeah, I never thought about all the life that's happening. But Holy Motors is just this long nonsensical narrative of this one guy who dresses up and does bananas things throughout the day not normal things bananas things like crazy things like you said he gets murdered you know so while the filmmaking style is very similar the movies could not be more different but it's interesting because i buy into slacker but i do not buy into holy motors regardless of the fact that it's a very long lingering nonsense movie in the same way it's more nonsense because there's no, there's nothing for me to grab onto. Like as a, as a viewer, as a person who takes in this art, I need a life preserver of some kind and, right. and a Holy Motors doesn't offer it. And that makes me feel like it's just lazy. Right. Well, I also have a question for you. So we see him in the car with Anjali or whatever her name was. And um, then in the beginning, he has like four kids. He's like leaving some house and he has like four kids that are like, bye, dad, have a great day, whatever. So, I mean, you probably won't be able to answer this as much as, I mean, just as much as I can't, but like, so he has these kids that call him dad. Does he see them? Like, No, that was he- just another job. Yeah, so it's like they're not. That's not his family. Because at the end of the movie, she she said, "Here's your last assignment," and so he goes right. home to the chimp family. And then the next day, he's doing more assignments. So the assignment, right. that, so the home that he left in the morning when the movie began was just the assignment from the night before. They weren't his actual kids. So this is so. See, I guess I like. I'm just so. I'm just lost. You know, I'm lost about like. Is this who these people are to him and like, you know, the route, like he's, you know, driving this girl around who's his daughter supposedly, but then she's not. So that the idea of him being alone, like a strange man being alone in a car with a, a, an underage girl makes me very uncomfortable because you don't know the kind of guy that this guy is, you know? And yeah, it's just another appointment. Right. I, it like this is the problem with this film is that there's no like there's nothing like what you said there's no life preserver to hold on to so you're just like swimming in open water it's like is that a shark or a fucking dolphin what's going on you know like yeah i put it together that his family in the beginning was just another assignment about and actually like pretty close to the end when she said here's your last assignment i'll see you same time tomorrow i thought oh so he doesn't have a family every day. He just goes through assignments over and over again. And so I don't know, like, is this an allegory for some sort of purgatory? I don't know. That's what I was wondering too. And if it is, I just, I think that that's kind of lazy. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, he was dreaming the whole time. I, you know, like, uh, it's, it's sixth sense, sixth sensey in a way that I guess I could buy into it, but it's not good enough for me to be like, oh, okay. It's purgatory. Right. Why is it purgatory? Like there's no allusions to the fact that maybe he did like, if you believe in purgatory or whatever, you believe in like reincarnation or whatever, like there's no explanation as to why he would be in this situation. Did you ever see, I don't remember, it's a movie with Ryan Gosling and he plays a skinhead, but he's Jewish. No, I've never, I haven't seen it. I can't remember the title, but at the end, he's like constantly running up these stairs and having to do the same thing over and over again. And that's like this, interesting moment in the film that sticks out to me like a purgatory thing like like he was awful when he was alive because right he would like he like desecrated like a synagogue and you know and he was a skinhead and and so he's like stuck on this loop at the end of the movie he just keeps going up and somebody keeps coming out and asking him the same questions and he just keeps going up and he gets asked the same questions and that's like an interesting ending to the movie but I know why he was there. Like the right. movie set up why he might be on that like infinite loop, you know? Right, right. But this movie, if it is purgatory or hell or something, there's nothing to anchor it to why, like for me to be like, oh, okay, he was a Nazi in real life and now right. he's stuck, you know? Like, and I'm not, all of my comments are not saying that every movie, every time has to spell it out for me. It just needs a life preserver for me to realize that this isn't just a filmmaker having a laugh at my expense. Right. It needs to have a consistency that it did not have, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, part of me is wondering like with him being killed and just walking away totally fine. Like I kind of wondered that too. Like, is this hell? Is this purgatory? Whatever. Um, especially with, the end where you know the place that all these limos go is called holy motors but i I still kind of kept thinking that maybe it has to do with um being in like a video game or something because of the digitalization like things are going you know all green or it was going all i don't know it's just but i did you notice on the graves when he was in that graveyard that all of the graves said like visit my website I didn't notice that. Yeah, it, no. they all was said, it in like, English? Um, some of them were in French and some of them were in English. It said like visit my website www.whatever.com. Oh wow, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh. So that also made me wonder too, like that in particular was like kind of further like supported my theory that it's maybe like in a video game, you know? Hmm. Um but I mean, it, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that aspect to it. So, and that would kind of make more sense as to this, just this guy being in like a, a character in a video game and you have to go through these different levels where he plays these different characters. But, you know, again, it, it's like, there's no real explanation for it. And, and it's just like, we're supposed to just accept that this is some dude that loves being super bizarre and dressing up and getting killed but then he's alive and like that really bugs me i'm like i'm still stuck on that and you know yeah it's like the movie is itself an endless loop like it's like a song that fades out and you just imagine that the song is just forever playing for the rest of eternity and it's just like this movie is just looping 
yeah. for the rest of eternity. All of his days look the same. And and with that, there's just no like beginning or end point. We just sort of are dropped in the middle of mm-hmm. this one day. And yeah. I and I think that that is maybe just not enough for me. No, I I agree with you. I so I wanted to know. Oh, um, the movie that I talked about with Ryan Gosling Gosling is called The Believer. If anyone okay. was curious, so I just wanted okay. to I just wanted to say it. Anyway, go ahead. Um, what did you think of the scene where he was playing that girl's uncle? Oh, where he was dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene really annoyed me because I felt like there was a lot of soliloquy in the movie that was supposed to be meaningful, but it really wasn't for me. It all fell flat. And that's another thing. (laughs) That's just another like hash mark in my like category of just, you know, making a movie that's supposed to be meaningful, but really it's all just like smoke and mirrors and like this long monologuing soliloquies that I think is this some sort of hidden meeting that if I listen to I can pick up but no it's just two people like just they just want to hear each other talk I guess yeah and and then at the end of it when he's like I'm sorry I have to leave I have another appointment and she said she had another appointment too I was like are these both actors are they even called actors I don't know what did what did you think Well, I thought maybe it was the type of thing where she had hired him because she was dealing with the traumatic death of her uncle. But then when he was like, okay, I got to go. And she's like, oh, I also have the appointment. I was like, okay, so she's not then. She's just a girl who, because she doesn't, like her name isn't the same name as the one that he was calling her. You know, her name is Elise, but he was calling her what? Uh, Leah. And, um, and he actually initially called her a different name other than Leah. I think it was like Theo or something. I don't, I don't remember, but he said like, don't lie to me, Theo, or something like that. And then it started going. Well, he was, he was like, he was using lines that he had used in previous. He said that to the guy that he killed in the warehouse, the scene before that. So it was like, he almost was like an old guy with dementia or something. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that you were confused because the movie is just like a mess. But so, yeah, so he was like acting like a guy who had some sort of dementia where he was just like picking out random things that he'd said in his life and saying them. Right. Yeah, that makes more sense if he actually was, you know, but he's committed to all of his roles, I guess. He's like a real Christian bail. (laughs) Yes, he certainly is, I think. Even Christian Bale would be a little put off by that. But um, (laughs) I also wanted to talk about actually the beginning scene where he's in that like um, what looks like a hotel room or something. And Mm -hmm. then it's revealed that it's like above a cinema. Um, That I also wonder too if that was like because he looked like he had like a finger that was like a key. That's why I started hating the movie. As soon as I saw (laughs) his finger was a key, I was like, "Uh, I... I can't like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I I just like, there's just so many things that I feel like this director was like, look at this, look at this. It's great. His finger is a key. Yeah. Like it's great, isn't it? And I'm like, what am I looking at? What am I seeing? What am I supposed to be enjoying here? And he's like, Mm -hmm. why don't you understand this? It's amazing. And I'm like, is it though? (laughs) And and what is, 
like what is the message that you want me to get out of this movie right what what is the message that you're using your art to say and i never I, that never was answered for me no i know it's it's like it's just a confusing strange movie that kind of just keeps you guessing but not in a way where you're like oh this is exciting like you know it keeps me guessing like you know like who's the killer or whatever it's just more like okay so he's putting on different hair again and walking up a flight of stairs cool you know and i didn't i didn't hate necessarily the scene with kylie minogue um but when she started bursting into song, I was like, this isn't a musical, first of all. And she started talking about how they had a child together. And I was like, so did that actually happen? Did they actually have a child at some point? Or is this just another thing where they're playing off each other, you know? And it's like, it, it's, it's, in, I, I would say it's interesting to see this guy, Mr. Oscar, um, as a bunch of different characters but if you don't have a reason for him to be a bunch of different characters you're just you're just sitting there going like what am i fucking watching what am i watching here what am i supposed to be understanding here you know yeah the kylie minogue bit really bothered me because it's the same it seems like the same mindset to me is like oh zoe deschanel is in a movie so we have to make her sing because she has a quirky voice when she sings like oh kylie minogue is in this movie so we have to make her sing because she's a singer you don't have you don't have to do that like she can just be an actress in this movie and and the song really any gravitas that the scene could have had the singing really took all that away yeah which is just another example to me that the filmmaker didn't actually want people to enjoy the movie and that like i'm i'm not and i'm not even being sarcastic i feel like that was his mo right i don't want people to enjoy this movie and if that is the case i don't understand what what the movie what i'm supposed to feel what am i supposed to how was my reaction to this movie supposed to be what would you like it to be right do you want me to complain about it the way I'm, am I doing exactly what he wants on this podcast? Like, am I actually, has he controlled me so much that I'm actually doing what he wants by saying I hate it and it makes me feel stupid? Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, (sighs) I just don't know. Like I, you know, it's, I keep thinking about different things. Like, um like celine wearing the mask at the end and like leaving yeah was that like her uv uv skin protecting mask that she wears oh something about celine that like kept shocking me is that she carried herself and her body type looked like a much younger woman and Mm. every time i saw her up close i was like oh she's old did you uh, did you feel that way or um not not particularly i would say that i thought that she was really elegant and she looked like she was put together Mm -hmm. um and i like that aspect of her but um like there's no real like deeper dive into selene as a character or anything like that like you don't find out anything about her really uh other than you know she works with this guy and she drives him all over the city and i just i can't imagine 
someone even like making any money from this really you know it's like being a street performer like you might make money but are you going to make enough where you can make a living off of it like you're, you're going to be able to have a house over your head but then again maybe he just doesn't have a house over his head maybe that is what his thing is is that every time he's going to a new place it's like oh this is my place to sleep for the night and I think like that idea makes me want to throw up because I'm just such a homebody that like I love having my own place, you know? Um, and I can't imagine going from place to place, playing a different character every time. I mean, you're you're literally never yourself. So that's also what makes me question this is that is that the point is that Oscar is never himself, that he's never like a true whole person because he's always playing these different parts you know i mean even he was even playing a woman at one point like an old woman and he's like having this thought process about her life which i barely cared about at all i was like i don't even know why like this is part of it and um and and it it was just like it, it was just so weird and then she has like the two bodyguards or something going along with her and like it but then they were like never brought up again these bodyguards so again what the fuck yeah (laughs) what the fuck did i watch yeah i i also like at the end he's looking through the file for his last job and it says like this is your house this is your wife and daughters but you don't see their pictures you just see the words right And, and then he gets to the house and his wife and daughters are chimpanzees and they're standing at a window looking outside and and mike was saying afterwards he said the true a true comedic scene it would have been really funny to see the paper that said here's your wife and daughters and then see photos of chimpanzees but they didn't right. do that in the movie of course but it's just more unsettling you know yeah, and the fact no, that I he know. he goes into each new appointment almost like his brain is wiped clean and he is just fully in this scene that he's in and yeah and it's uncomfortable and it's disarming and i don't understand i can't reconcile it i can't i like weird things but i don't i don't think it's creative to make a weird thing that somebody can't at least reconcile a little bit right you know what would have made more sense, and I'm just thinking about this, because that part where he had uh, Celine stop the limo and he goes and he shoots that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, it would have made more sense if maybe he was like an assassin or something and he had to dress up differently. But it, it just, like, you never find out why. Like, do you ever even find out why he killed that guy or did I miss that? No, mm-mm, no no yeah he just he just like fucking murdered a dude on a public street with a weird like bondage spider-man hat it was like on a, with like barbed wire and yeah. yeah i was that that was the um that was the screenshot where i went like is this gonna be a little bit of a body horror movie and i got real nervous about that yeah um but it, it really it wasn't as i mean it wasn't really it was just very weird but i <sighs> we saw scenes of him in the limousine like eating food like he Mm -hmm. had like a bento box and then he had soup with bread and so he's it seemed like a job like he was a normal guy but at the same time it 
he there was nothing normal about it and then there was that scene with the random guy that was in the limo who was his boss yeah who was like and then they had like a brief discussion about how in the beginning he could see cameras but then they just kept getting smaller and smaller and now he doesn't even see cameras so i don't know if there's a deeper meaning to that i don't i what do you think it could be i did you did you ever see i feel like i'm gonna say this with a caveat that i'm pretty sure you would not like this movie but did you ever see the movie nerve it's with dave franco and um emma no Robert. i know what it's i know the gist of it but i've never seen it um the ending from what i remember the ending was kind of like uh, okay <laughs> you know what i mean where you're like all right that's how it ends but I like the idea of the movie and what it's about is about these people who will um, like are paid money to go do these like outrageous things. So if it was the case of this guy who's being paid to do these outrageous things because everyone's watching on cameras like nerve, then that would make total sense, but they don't get into that. Instead they, it's like, it's like it's like the director was trying to show a movie that was like a cross between like two different realities but it wasn't stuck enough in this alternate reality to make sense that it's between two different realities you know what i mean yeah yeah like it's just like it's i don't know wait what was your question you asked me a question oh just like I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. I was No, you answered it. I was talking about, like, the camera comment that Oh, you did had. answer. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, that yeah. would be interesting. I, I didn't... That never crossed my mind. That would be an interesting concept. Kind of like a Black Mirror sort of concept, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's where his assignments come from. But, yeah, once again, we are offered nothing yeah. like that. And, and would, the thing is, as bonkers as the movie is, and I probably still wouldn't have liked the movie... But if there would have been something like that at the end, like if they would have showed like his assignments printing out for the day and it, you know, and it would have somehow given us a glimpse of like how these assignments come to be, even, you know, just a little bit nebulous, but still just enough to be like, oh, there is an entity that's watching him do these things. I think that all of the bonkers weird things would have been enough for me to not say that this movie was just like, created to make people feel stupid it would have been like okay okay this is a weird like black mirror type thing and i don't like it but i i respect it you know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i'm on reddit so i was reading uh, some things on reddit about it and people said that you need to focus more on the emotional aspect of the scenes rather than what he's behaving like but i was like but there's not really a lot of emotional aspects to the you know, like you're you're asking me to pay attention to something that I don't feel like is is um like like concrete enough for me to actually hold on to. You know, it's like you're asking me to hold on to water vapor, and yeah, you know, like versus like dipping my hand in in a pool of water and having a little puddle of you know water in my hand. Like it's it's not enough for me to go okay, yeah, and so. I I just I guess I I feel like either there's something more that I was supposed to 
like understand and I just didn't or and like what you said or am I missing it am I not like am I too shallow to understand this I wouldn't say that I am you know I am I not profound enough do I not understand philosophy enough like what like what is it about this movie you know what I mean and it's and I don't see it as being like the viewer's fault I see it as being the director's fault that he's like making this piece that he's like this it's so creative it's so clever and I'm like it's definitely creative I wouldn't say that it's not creative right but if you're like just showing me a bunch of shit and then you're going oh look how brilliant it is I'm like it's like it's like collecting a bunch of different scenes from different shows and putting them all like in a montage and having them nothing to do with each other and you're just like here watch this and then someone goes okay so is there supposed to be like a theme but there's no theme so you're just going okay so like you just like these scenes is that what I'm understanding like what I don't get it you know like why'd you make me watch this so (laughs) yeah no I think yeah that's a that's a well said I agree I immediately bristle when I'm when I'm watching a movie and I can tell what it's trying to do or I perceive how I perceive it is that what it's trying to do is make me feel stupid or it's trying to make me think this movie is brilliant because it's making me feel a way that movies normally don't make me feel but not in a good way you know because like the movie saw will make me feel like most movies i watch don't make me feel but the movie saw has a point of view and it has a message and it's gross and it's violent and it makes me uncomfortable but it's not doing those things erroneous like just for for no reason right and when i watch this movie and i i like i said i think you're right on the nose when you say it's not the viewer's fault when i watch this movie I feel like it's my fault. Like I'm doing something wrong because I don't get it. And I think that 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 is, it's not my fault. It's not our fault. It's, it's, you, you can make something, but should you make something? And that's what I think when I see movies like this, like, like Jeff Goldblum says, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. And I think that this movie is a good example of that. And I think the movie Tenet is a good example of that. I think that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. And I, I just, I, I, I immediately bristle and the movie is, is just immediately like starting on a negative spot for me when I feel like I am sinking deeper and deeper into a hole and the movie does no, makes no attempt to rescue me. And I dislike that quality in filmmaking and I dislike that quality in talking movies with people when they just are so adamant that a movie is a certain way. Like this movie is, is genius. It's brilliant. If it makes you uncomfortable, good. It's supposed to. You just didn't get it. Like that sort of conversation bothers me because just like any art, I don't think that you can just do something and call it artistic. Right. And that's how I feel the majority of this movie is. But I I agree with you as well that it's very creative. 
you cannot deny that it's not creative. It's so creative. Yeah. yeah. But creativity without direction it is not great art. No, I agree. I agree. I, I think that I, I, I would say that I don't, I don't regret watching this movie, but again, I don't want to see it again. I don't care <laughs> about it. And I even like, I told a bunch of people about it and one of my friends was like, do you recommend this? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, like I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I do or not. I, I'm still thinking about whether or not I like it. And you know, usually by the end of the episode, after we talked about things, it usually clears it up for me. And I usually go, okay, so this is how I felt about it. But I still, I still don't really know how I feel about the film. Like I, I would say that I'm kind of like right in the middle where there were certain parts that I, I liked. I thought, you know, like even though that like motion capture scene was kind of creepy, I still kind of liked it. You know, I even kind of liked the one where he was all like gross and had the nasty nails and stuff. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. And it's just like, so it's like, I'm kind of just stuck in the middle where I feel like this is a, this is a movie for a certain kind of person and they are going to be a very specific person. And, um, I would say for the majority of people, no, I would not. Okay. So I'm actually going to, I guess I'm just recommending unless <laughs> we're doing recommendations right now. Um, for, I would say majority of people, I would not recommend this movie, but I think that there are a couple of people out there who could get some enjoyment from it. So that's what I say, you know? Yeah. I, um, so last week I didn't want to bother with the, the app. I just kind of like, wanted to watch it easier so I went to Disc Traders which is a used DVD store in our city and I thought I'm just gonna buy it if it's there for like four bucks I'll just buy it and that's so much easier to watch than to like well I don't know it's probably easier to just watch on the app I don't know but I just like the concreteness of knowing that if it's not going to get taken off the app before I can watch it or something you know that has so I, happened to us a bunch of times, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so I went to Disc Traders and I asked for it. And the guy was like, I have never heard of that movie. And then he asked his coworker and his coworker goes, is it a kid's movie? And I was like, no, I think it's a foreign movie. And so he looked it up and he goes, oh, I like the cover. And ever since then, I've been thinking like, I wonder if that guy has watched this movie. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wonder too. I wonder if he's watched it and I wonder if he's just like, what is this? And anyway, <laughs> they didn't have it, obviously, because it's it's very rare. And um I I would not recommend it. I I it's less the movie and more the attitude as I've as I've talked about multiple times this movie. I I dislike that level of snobbishness. Right. Um, and I don't know how else to call it. And I, I think it's directionless. Sometimes things are just bad and they just are bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally. And like... I wouldn't recommend it ever to anyone. But I want to say to Ken, who recommend, who wanted us to review it, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad that we had this conversation. Like it opened up a lot of conversations. So thank you for recommending it. And obviously what you recommend, even if we don't like it, we, you know, it still sparks a good conversation and 
so thank you thank you thank you I mean, we're open to recommendations you know? yes, yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah um i don't i don't regret at all watching this movie i would not say that i um but i definitely think it's a very strange film and there's a lot that's that's missing from it so yeah i like the actor i think he's he's very he's obviously talented he's able to put himself into a lot of different roles you know yeah and I think, like, French is a very, I really like listening to French, especially whispered yes. French. I don't know. It's very, like, it's, there's something very soothing and beautiful about it. And I, and it's, I don't know, it's very, it's very fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the and movie's in French with subtitles. Yeah, I did not know, by the way, that this was going to be a French film. I thought it was an English-speaking film. So when they started playing it, I was like, oh, it's French. Okay. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> yeah. That explains all the smoking. <laughs> yeah, all, all of this, the cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oui. Yeah. Um, so there's one other thing I wanted to tell you that I forgot to tell you that I think is kind of funny. Um, I had my friend, you know, Dana came over last weekend and we were watching Double Jeopardy with, it's with Ashley Judd. And I, I'm just going to say, I don't, have you ever seen that movie? Yes. Okay. That, that's an awesome movie. And anyway, so we were talking about like who the male lead is in it, not Bruce Greenwood, but who the, like the, um, parole officer is. And we were like, I'm like, it's, it's. Samuel Jackson isn't it and she's like I think it's Morgan Freeman and I'm like I don't know I, I feel like it's Samuel Jackson and I was like let's look it up because he hadn't shown up yet and I'm looking and I look on the IMD page and I go <laughs> I'm like dude it's Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> that's what I was just thinking like I was like I think it's Tommy Lee Jones but <laughs> we were like so convinced we were like no no it's definitely Samuel Jackson and Morgan Freeman but it was neither of those men. <laughs> I frequently mistake Tommy Lee Jones for those two. So yeah, me too. Big time. All yeah. the time. <laughs> anyway, so I thought that was kind of funny that you'd enjoy that. Little. Yeah. Okay. So if any listeners feel like they have a good argument pro this movie, trying to explain this movie or a good working theory, I am I assume you are too. Totally open. I would love yes. to hear it. Do not be discouraged. By the harsh criticism you've just heard, I am open to hearing theories or hearing why you may like the movie a lot, why you may think it's brilliant. Please yeah. try to try to change our minds. Try to change Seriously, my mind. Do it. I'm I'm open to it. I would like to know what I may have missed, and I would like to view it through um through your perspective. So I'm very open to any feedback. Yeah. And if you want to do that, you can contact us on, you can DM us on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. And we have an email that's Watchers of Movies. Oh, by the way, we're at Watchers of Movies on Facebook and Instagram. And also Watchers of Movies at gmail.com. And you can email us there. Um, we have a website that's watchersofmovies.weebly.com. We are also on SoundCloud. We are on um itunes we are on spotify google play and stitcher and um thanks so much to mike for our theme music yeah you can find him on twitter at the mike show 42 his name is mike myers thank you mike thanks, oh mike. and if any of our listeners are crossovers between pro wrestling and movies 
Mike was on the PW Torch SmackDown post show last night. It's available as a podcast from the PW Torch website, and I highly recommend it. He always does a good job. And they were talking about last night's WWE SmackDown. He always brings good, clever takes on what's happened, and uh, it's just it's really fun to listen to. So if you're a fan of pro wrestling, you can listen to him there, and he did a really good job. Yep. If you would like us to review a movie, please head over to iTunes, give us five stars, and write in the review what movie you would like us to do. You don't have to write a very long review. You can just do a movie title or you can do a review up to you, but five stars and we will shoot that up to the top. It will take priority. And much like today's, we can't guarantee that we will like the movie, but we will definitely <laughs> give it a shot. Yeah. So five stars, let us know. And if iTunes isn't available to you, you can always just send us a recommendation on any other source and we will add yep. it to the list. It just won't take priority like the five-star reviews will. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, thanks to everyone. Thanks to Ken for the recommendation. And Yeah, thanks, Ken. And thank you guys for listening. We love you all. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>